Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's a lightning round day on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. I don't mean just the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to look at the Rays, Lightning, Bucks, Brady, Belichick, which is our favorite topic this week, even a little NBA and maybe some gambling too, which is everybody's favorite topic. Hey, everybody, Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Versnick, who's also uh, helping us host today as we sort of go around the world of sports. Rick, we're getting closer to Super Bowl 52. Are you packing your long underwear? You getting all uh, ready to go? I did buy some long underwear, Tom, um, and it's not cheap when you get it in Florida, apparently. Um, but I'm really, I'm pre- uh, yeah, I'm prepared. Well, I got good stuff, but I'm prepared. I think <laughs> got some T-shirts today, got sweaters, got jackets. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty down in the single digits at night. Uh, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for the cold, man. Yeah, you're a Florida boy too. I mean, it's you grew oh, up here. Yeah, I mean, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're not. But you went to school in Arkansas. I got a little cold there, right? I mean, not it long, did at times. Not long yeah. John weather, but. Yeah, I was only there twice. I mean, the first year I was there, it didn't snow at all. Second year, it snowed every day. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know why, because it normally doesn't snow a ton up there. You know, it's just outside of Memphis. But um, but I got a taste of it, you know. It's nothing. Look, there's no such thing as Minnesota cold unless you're in Minnesota. So That's true. no one's ready for that. See, I but, get colder here. And I, Steve Steve Versnick, has, you know, he spent some time in Minneapolis as well. I get colder here like a couple weeks ago. When, remember when it got real yeah. cold here? I think I was colder here for those few days yeah. than I was in Minneapolis when it was used to get to be like because now, you when didn't, it gets zero, you didn't it's dress stupid. for it though. But you right. didn't dress I mean for when it. it's like zero, it's stupid cold. But right. like when it's in a, in the teens. Like it wasn't yeah. like it's in the teens in Minneapolis. You're like, oh it's kinda of nice out. Did you feel that way, Steve? Oh, the blood thins quickly down here. Yeah. Yes. It does. Right? I, re- I remember a, a month in, in Minneapolis. I spent three winters there. You don't classify it as years, it's how many winters you spent. <laughs> That's true. That's me too. Yeah. <laughs> so three winters. There was a January. <laughs> And I remember it was January 31st. It was the first day that the thermometer hit 30 degrees that month. Oh, and it got wow. up to like 36. And I went out and got the mail. And I was just wearing like a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. And I'm like, man, I'm kind of hot. This <laughs> is oh, nice. Man. I remember one time being up in Minnesota. It was the first year, the first winter I was there. And uh, and it was it didn't get above, it didn't get into double digits for like six or seven days in a row. It was a pretty, pretty, really mm. cold snap. And then one day it got up to about 15 and people came out like it was the first day of summer. I mean, it was kids were going up to the park. They were skating in there, and we and I did, we did we went ice skating that day because we thought it was the, the greatest uh, greatest weather in the world. It's funny too. Like a couple of week about a week ago, I hit I hit on my phone. I hit I asked Siri, "What's the temperature?" And um and she and she goes, "Brr, fifty seven degrees." And that's in Tampa, so she knew it was cold in Tampa. If you were to hit that in Minneapolis right now, she'd be like. Oh my gosh! Warmest day of the year, fifty-seven <laughs> degrees. Right. So I guess it's all relative in the end. Even um, to Surrey. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we got lots to talk to, lots of uh, topics to talk to. We're going to get into more Super Bowl stuff uh, on our Football Friday, even though we don't have a game this weekend other than the Pro Bowl. And we'll talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame too coming up in the next week. We got some a uh, couple yeah. of bucks that could be in the running here, um, so we'll get into that. And Rick will get your perspective on that. You'll be in Minneapolis for the Hall of Fame voting. But today we uh, do what we do uh, on a semi-regular basis. We sort of just ask a bunch of random, quick questions and. Uh, 
and uh, try to uh, give our quick first-take answers to some of these. So we'll turn it over to Steve Versnick for some of those questions. All right, we'll start off with kind of the podcast for the last two days, Belichick and Brady. The the question we were going to ask is, two years from today, will Belichick and Brady both still be in New England? But I'll ask you, will, will either one of them be in New England, or will they both be gone by then? Rick, I'm going to say that both will be there in two years. That they will, uh, they'll win another. They're going to win a Super Bowl this year. I'm confident in saying that, and they'll win another one in the next two seasons. And the only way that this thing breaks up is if Tom Brady were to suffer some sort of catastrophic injury. When I mean catastrophic, I mean tearing Achilles, something you know, something to sort of like you know, the ended Kobe's career basically is what happened there. Um, I think as long as he is healthy, he will continue to play. And as long as he continues to play, it will be in New England. And as long as he's continuing to play, Bill Belichick will stay the coach. So I feel that in three years from now, they're both going to be there. But certainly in two years from now, barring some sort of catastrophic injury to Brady. Well, and that's all part of it, though. I mean, I don't know about catastrophic injury, but let's just let's just to be different. I'm going to say that Belichick can coach a long, long, longer than Brady can play. I think so. I'll say that Belichick will be there and Brady will not. And, you know, sort of the – I mean, he shows no signs of wanting to stop playing, but sometimes it's not your decision. I mean, he's he's 40 years old, so he would be, you know, 42. doesn't sound like a long time, two years, until you're the guy preparing. And we have this thing now where Giselle, uh, according to Jay Feely, who vacationed with her, and Tom and his mm-hmm. wife, uh, is, uh, is saying she wants him to retire. And, Tom, I don't know about you, but there comes a point when – you got to listen to the wife, don't you? Uh, unless you're Tom Brady, because apparently he has, <laughs> you know, I mean, apparently she yeah. was, remember she went on the morning show oh, yeah. a, year or two, a year or so ago and said that he was having Concussions. concussion issues, and yeah. he basically told her, no, he wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I know that, it, look, would it matter? Let me, me ask you this. If it were me, I'd be going home to her and Yeah, right, football. she wouldn't have what to else, ask twice. Yeah, what else What else you have to, to prove at this point? Let right? me ask you this. If he wins his sixth Super Bowl, and has more Super Bowl rings right now, obviously, than anybody at five. Mm-hmm. If you can put a little distance between himself and, and at, get to six, which is more, I think, or as many as any franchise has by itself, would that would that make have a factor or not? I don't think so. I don't. He's not motivated. I don't believe by championships necessarily. I mean, that's why they play the game. Don't get that's me wrong. It's the only but, thing that matters, though. But right? it is the only point? thing that matters. But I don't think that's why. This is a guy who's not in it for the championships necessarily. In, in other words. I believe oh, he's I in it know. for the competition. I believe he's in it because it's his lifestyle. I believe this is what he knows. I believe this is what he loves. He loves to practice. Certainly, look, the icing and, and maybe the reason you play the game is to win championships. But I think just the competition, I don't, I don't think he looks at it and say, well, I need to get more than that guy or more than this guy or I don't want anybody catching me. I just think he gets off on winning winning every game that he plays, whether it's a regular season game against the Jets in November or a Super Bowl against Philly in February. Yeah, I, I know he likes to compete. I just think that if, if, if you told him, hey, I don't know about this year, you might only win 10 games or so, and, and this doesn't look like a Super Bowl year. If he didn't think he had a chance to win a ring every year, I don't think he'd play. Yeah, we we sort of used to talk about Tiger Woods being that way, whether Tiger Woods would ever continue it's playing. about the if majors, he ever, yeah. Yeah, if he ever dropped off. and it, Could Tiger Woods be satisfied with being the 100th-ranked golfer in the world? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he's 300 and whatever. <laughs> but um, but I, for, for, like, Tom Brady, I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, as much as he likes winning championships, and that's what motivates him, I'm sure, yeah. there is also something about, hey, Tom, what would you like to be? If you ask me right now, what would I like to be doing November – 12th of 2018, I would say 
if I had anything to, in the world to choose from, I would say sitting on an island somewhere in a bathing suit with a margarita in my hand. That would sounds like a good November 12th for me. If you ask Tom Brady, what would you want to be doing November 12th, 2018? I think he would say practicing, playing football, getting mm-hmm. ready for my next game. So I, I don't... I don't, I don't think there's anything else that he'd rather do right now. And he also strikes me as he's, he's got his mind wrapped around this. And, Rick, you've been around a lot of athletes. Boy, those guys that walk away a year too early, even though they should in many cases stay, instead of staying a year too long. Yeah. Boy, you can't get it back. Once you walk away, you're done. You can't come back again. And, yeah. I, and I, I don't think and he the, wants to walk, walk away with any regrets. The great ones always stay to the, at the party too long. It never right. makes sense, but that's, that's the reality. Right, so so I so you don't you you don't think they will be well. I, I think there's a chance he could be, it's, but but uh, you know, forty going on forty three at that time. I mean, yeah. a lot of things can happen. So just to be different, I'll say that if one of them is do, not playing well, or coaching, it'll be Brady. If he keeps playing, he's a freak of nature. There's no he shouldn't be doing what he's doing now, let alone doing he's what proven he's doing that in, yeah. in three years from now. What's up next, Steve? All right, we'll go from the Super Bowl to the Pro Bowl. Gerald McCoy making his sixth Pro Bowl appearance for the Bucks. Where does he rank among the all-time Bucks greats? Wow, great question. I'll take this one. Um, yeah. Look, I will go. Uh, you know, in, in, maybe not in any particular order. I, I still think maybe you know Derek Brooks arguably is is the greatest Buck or close to Leroy Selman is the greatest Buck of all time. Then there's Warren Sapp. Um, for my money, there's John Lynch is in that equation. But after you get past, you know, maybe Rondi Barber or right about in that area, um, I think you're talking about Gerald McCoy. This is his sixth straight Pro Bowl. Not many Buccaneers have played in more. Um, and, you know, while he never won a championship to date, he probably will play a year or two at least at a fairly high level. I'm going to say, even though he doesn't get the credit, that McCoy is, is probably in the top five or six. I'm going to go higher than that, Rick. I'm going to go three. He's the third all-time wow. buck, in my opinion, behind Derek Brooks is the is the greatest buck of all time. Mm-hmm. And then Warren Sapp is next. And it's a very close Ahead of Leroy this. Selman. Ahead of Leroy Selman. Nah. Now, they both played for really good teams. Um, and we'll see what happens now. I mean, Selman didn't play a long time. He, he yeah, played, true. what, nine seasons, I think, I want to say. I'm, maybe I'm off on that. Um Joe McCoy, if you'd have put Joe McCoy on on the on the early, the seventy nine bucks, I, I, he would have been as dominant, I believe, as as Leroy Salmon was. If you'd have put him on the uh, ninety nine or two thousand or two thousand one bucks, or two thousand two bucks, we would be talking about a Hall of Fame career. I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer now, just because he's played on such bad teams in his career. But when yeah. you got a guy, Rick, you've watched this guy every play he's played in his career. He's mm-hmm. been a dominant center when healthy. When healthy, yeah. He's first been, two years were canceled out for he, injury. Right. He's been a, a dominant defensive uh, uh, tackle, and on a team, Rick, that was surrounded by nothing. He was. He had nothing surrounding yeah. him. Every game plan is designed to stop him. If you yeah. go back and, and again, I'm not taking anything away from Brooks and and Sapp because they're on a different stratosphere than everybody else. Right. Uh, when it comes to the Bucks, and you could say the same thing about Leroy Salmon when it comes to to Joe McCoy, but when I when I look back at those old Bucks teams, you had to account for John Lynch, you had to account for Derek Brooks, you had to account for Warren Sapp, you had to account for Simeon Rice, you had to account for Rondé to a certain extent. Yeah, this team, who am I accounting for? I every game plan that I draw up is 
circling number 93, and then we'll deal with everybody else after that. Yeah. That guy is almost on an island by himself out there. I will say that's a lot of years. That's true now, but if you compare him to the other bucks that you just mentioned, a couple of those guys will either go in the Hall of Fame or at one time be uh, in the top 15, I believe. And, and one of those might be Simeon Rice or it might be Rondy Barber. They accounted for them too. It's just that Gerald has had six really good years, okay? Just six because the first two were canceled out by injury. So I'd like, I mean, I think for him to get in the, where you're talking about, I think he'd have to probably play at least two more years at a very high level, go to two more Pro Bowls perhaps, and then, then we can talk about, uh, you know, surpassing, you know, Leroy Selman and John Lynch, in my opinion. Right. No, I mean, certainly Leroy Selman has playoff games to help him out as well. And like I said, he was very similar. He reminds me very much of McCoy in that he was sort of out there by himself for a while until the, the defense got better around him. Um, and he played on some really bad expansion. He was on the own twenty six, you know. So, um, yeah. But by seventy nine, they were in the championship yeah, game. Were, so they, they, no, they, they were weren't. They started to come on, you know, around the end of seventy seven and then into seventy eight. Yeah. So what do we got now, Steve? All right, Tom. This week you had a column that pretty much took all the local teams to the woodshed. This week, <laughs> sure did. So I will press the hell out of me as well. <laughs> so I will ask you, what's going to happen first? The Rays get a new stadium. The Lightning hosts their, hoist their second Stanley Cup, or the Bucks win a playoff game. I'm going to take the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. I think it happens, and, I, and, and there's a real good chance it happens this season. If it doesn't happen this season, then they got some issues. But in the next, they're still such a young team. This doesn't feel like a one and a one and done type of type of run in them. Vasilevsky's still young. Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman—they're all under contract, very young still. So the nucleus is there. Now you don't want to waste chances. You need to start winning some cups. But I look at the Bucs. Uh, they're not a playoff team right now. They might be a little bit better next season. The Rays stadium, I don't even know where the stadium's going to be, let alone who's going to pay for it and who's going to buy a shovel and start start digging into the ground. So of those three options, Rays stadium, Bucks win a playoff game, Lightning win a Stanley Cup, even though it seems the most difficult, I'll say Lightning win a Stanley Cup before all those things happen. This is what we call a layup for Tom Jones. <laughs> um, you know, he could have, like, done the reverse – Backward slam, even even at your height. I I think this that when you're talking about world championships, right? There's only been two in the entire history uh, of major sports, anyway, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, thanks. They thankfully got the Roddy's fans off your back. In yeah, the, uh, I, I made sure I Tampa said that. Bay, Tampa Bay Storm. Yeah. Yeah, but in terms of the big three, shall big we say? Three. Yeah, big three. Um, yeah. There's been two championships in the history. Okay, they've been playing football forty something years. So that said. Even though, even though the Lightning certainly could go to and or win a championship this year, and I recognize that, it is so hard to do, and only one team wins it, I think it would be easier for the Bucks to make a playoff you know, appearance, even though that's been a decade. They're closer to doing that than to put it all on them. I mean, if you told me all ch- everything you own, middle of the table, which happens first, yeah, I don't know. I could bet on the on the Lightning winning at all. It's hard. It's it's so it's so easy to take the field, and no matter what you're talking about, and that's kind of what you, I'm doing. Yeah, right. If you were starting the season, the seat the NFL season right now, and you asked me who's going to win the Super Bowl, I would have said the New England Patriots. But if you'd have told me before the season, okay, for everything that you own, do you want the Patriots or do you want the field? It's hard not to take the field because that's right. you're right because there are so many factors. But I, I that shows you not. I'm not necessarily incredibly confident in the Lightning, although I am confident in the Lightning, that they can win a cup. I just have no confidence that a stadium is going to be built anytime I, soon. That I eliminated immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and above- 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's, it's uh, you would think, and look, a year ago, I had them going nine and seven this past season <laughs> and squeaking into the playoffs and something it's, went wrong. So it's I, I gotta guess happen. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. <laughs> but every year there's five or six different teams. You can't be in that mix. Uh, you can't be ja- Why can't you be Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh. It's funny though. You said, and you're right. In the in the forty some years of professional sports in Tampa Bay, of the of the major sports, uh, there's been two championships. And he feels like, well, it's just really hard to do. And and then you followed it up with exactly right. The Bucks haven't even made the playoffs in ten years. They haven't won a playoff game in fifteen years. So that seems almost just as improbable as winning championships at this point. So. What we got now, Steve? All right, on Wednesday, the Rays were starting to pack the trucks up to head down to Port Charlotte for spring training. Chris Archer saying that he feels confident he'll be a Ray to start the season after talking to uh, Eric Neander and others at the Rays this offseason. So who will be the Rays starting pitcher on opening day? Well, here, I'll, 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 give you exclusive, I'll give you exclusive insider information. Uh, moments ago, moments, this is breaking news. Did you just announce the starting pitcher? No, moments ago I asked Mark Topkin, crack baseball writer for the Tampa Bay Who Times, he thought who, would be this? Who will be opening day starter for the Tampa Bay Rays this year? Uh, and he said. And he immediately, without hesitation, said Chris Archer, which I was surprised at, at how quick. Yeah, but I want someone non-Archer. He quickly answered that question to the point where I, I'm not confident that he's going to be here on opening day. I don't believe that. Now, I, look, I believe Let's that not, Eric Neander and all those guys, they told him, hey, you know, we, we plan on keeping your I mean, right I now. also don't think it's going to be, you know, Jake Odorizzi. You know what I mean? No. I, my answer is Blake Snell. I think Blake That's Snell what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Here's my, here's my feeling about Archer. But right I don't now. want to say what you're going to say. Well, here's, well, here's my thing about it. I'll give you a second to think about it if you want. So... I'll filibuster for a moment, but but I also believe this is that I I fully believe the Rays have talked to Chris Archer and said, look, we want you back this year. We 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 certainly are interested in bringing you back, and and we don't have any plans on moving you in this and that, whatever they told him. And they, as of this moment, I believe that's true. But here's what's going to happen, Rick. We've seen how little movement there is in baseball. We almost forgot. Like Alex Cobb's still out there. Alex Cobb oh, is I a know. really good really good pitcher. And he's not signed. There's like because he's asking for a lot of money, right? And it, and there, there's a whole other story there about whether Major League Baseball owners are colluding to to keep the salaries down. But here's what's here's what's going on. Nobody's signing with anybody. But right now they're about. Let's just take. Let's just say there are uh, seven teams in on Alex Cobb. Whether it's the Cubs and the Twins and the Dodgers and the Giants and whoever, blah blah blah, Yankees, whoever else. All of a sudden, those teams are, are sitting there going, "Boy, like a team like the Twins." They might think, you know what? We're really close to, to doing something special here. We could really use Alex Cobb. We make a big run at Alex Cobb, and then he signs with the Angels. Okay, now all of a sudden I need a pitcher. So now I call the Rays, and this is, wasn't the, this is not the case now. I don't think anybody's ringing the phone off the hook over at, over at Tropicana Field. But if I'm out of the hunt and I can't get Alex Cobb, well, now Chris Archer might be a nice consolation. But hey, let's call the Rays now. Well, there's and offer dominoes. Them the world. Yeah. No, there's so dominoes. Because of the dominoes, I think right now the Rays aren't getting any calls because there's a ton of free agents out there. Once those right. free agents start to go, I think their phone starts ringing, and all of a sudden, a trade that you weren't considering today might be sound really good two weeks from now. 
okay, I like everything you said. All that might be true. However, just <laughs> again, because um, I think they're going to deal a couple of these guys, but not all of them. And I also think that Blake Snow is not ready to be handed the ball on opening day. <laughs> I think that would right. be an insult to almost every pitcher that's it's still on nuke, the staff. It's Nuke Lelouch, man. He's got, <laughs> I mean, he's got a million-dollar arm, man. Exactly. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure what's going on in that nickel head of yours. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if you want bases loaded with three walks to start the season – that's your guy. Um, so Ten I'm going to say. strikeouts, opening day record. Ted Walks, <laughs> yeah. also an opening day record. No, he never, he's a box of chocolate, man. No that's doubt right. about it. For a while, I was calling him Blake Shell, but that's another reason. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's Jake Odo. Okay. Odo Rizzi, just because the dude has pitched the most of uh, almost anybody, you know, uh, this side of Archer, I suppose. But um, I think, Jake, you kind of know what you're going to get. That's what you want. Don't they open against the Yankees? Am I wrong about that? I believe so. And, you know, here's the funny thing about this whole thing, Rick, is that – Right-handed lineup, I want to throw a right-hander at him to start well, yeah, the season. Yeah, Aaron Judge and Stanton. Yeah. But my my thing is that uh, Mark Topkin has told us that Chris Archer's company <laughs> opening day started. And me, me and you are immediately like, no, he's not going to be here on opening it's day. It's the voice of God. Yeah, I he's understand. the voice of God. So In fact, he actually you. is the guy who makes that decision. So we should. Say. We really should listen to him. Probably, but <laughs> Kevin Cash, of, you got that. But for the fun of it, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Blake Snell, and you're going All with right. Jake Odorizzi. I go to Odo. Okay, Odo. All right, Kevin Cash going into his fourth season with the Rays. He's had three losing seasons. Dirk Cutter was on the hot seat, presumably this last season. He's going to be back next year. Who lasts longer in their current job, Cash or Cutter? Oh man! Wow! Oh man! You want me to fire coaches now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe you could say that neither one's leaving. They're all going to be here in ten years. They're both going to be here next uh, in two thousand and nineteen. Well, did you ask Mark um, Topkin if Cash is going to be the coach after this? That's year? right. That's yeah. true. Well, again, that's up to Mark. That's Mark's decision to make. Mark will uh, have to make that decision, and, and Rick will make the decision on whether Dirk Cutter is back. Now that part is true. That part is absolutely true. I I actually think this is a no-brainer too, Rick. Yeah, it is. And look, only because that the, the guy is on such a hot seat that it's boiling. I mean, he'd be number one on anybody's list as far as when the season starts. Him and Jason. You're talking Leiter. about Dirk, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dirk Cutter. I mean, yeah. and and the thing about Kevin Cash, even though you know, if they were going to make a move, they probably should have done it after last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say they've now decided to you know, just. You know, just trash the team. I mean, just you know, start go over. rogue and start over. And, and young you kids, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. You can't really put that on a manager. So maybe he'll maybe he'll be okay or, or the right guy to lose a hundred the next two years, and they'll bring somebody else in. But I don't think Kevin Cash is going anywhere after this season. I'm I'm right with you on this, and and it's not that I don't think Dirk Cutter's not doing a good job. I actually like Dirk Cutter, and and I was a proponent of bringing him back for another season. But you're right, Rick. If there's there's a there's a likely chance that both of these teams won't have winning records next year, but just based on the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, Dirk, there was, there's never been any mention of Kevin Cash's seat is it even warm, let alone hot. And because right. as you mentioned there, they're sort of going with the youth movement. It actually would have made sense to do it now. They should have fired him. If they were exactly. going to make a change, as you said, fire him now and then start with a new manager and, and bring in a first time guy, let him grow into the position. Oh wait, that's exactly. Kevin Cash. There you go. He's already that guy. And he sort of, Falls the, the game plan that they have in place. I think they want to try some things as an organization in terms of their yeah. pitching, and he's all for that. Whereas Dirk Cutter, <laughs> no, Dirk Cutter is one of those guys like Rick. They, it's playoffs or bust next year. I yes, don't think there's is. any question. If they, yes, it if is. They, miss, they could go ten and six and miss yeah. the playoffs because it's eh. a freaky year. 
I, 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 really yeah, think, I think ten and six might. I, I I understand the playoff perception, and and you might be right anyway. But depending on how they got to ten and six, yeah, I'm, you know, if they lost right. their last two and needed to win one of them to get in the playoffs, yes, he might get fired. But clearly, if they go like if they if they miss if they, the playoffs by not they miss winning the enough playoffs games, yeah, by not winning seven and nine or whatever, yeah, you'd have to win at least ten. I don't even think a nine and seven season would necessarily get them back if they if they didn't make the playoffs. Right, right. So, all right, we'll switch directions a little bit. On Wednesday, the NBA uh, pushed uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN reporting that they've pushed for a set of laws that could push sports leagues to push for legalized gambling nationwide. Uh, may open the the door for that. The NBA is kind of pushing it. Do you think this could really happen? Go ahead, Rick. I'll let you. Yeah, I do, um, and I think. Uh, I'm surprised the NFL didn't think of it first, you know. Look, we're way past – I think we're past the era of believing. When you start seeing teams in Las Vegas, like you see now with the Knights, the Golden Knights, and then you're going to have the Raiders uh, in a couple of years, I think we're past the idea that some guy, some shadowy finger, figure, you know, with a uh, – you know, with a violin case and, 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 and a black suit is going gonna, is gonna to influence these guys. I mean, they're around gambling. Uh, football success is based on gambling. We're just being hypocritical to think that's not the case. So somehow, and it might be related to the in-game experience, the popularity of the game is based on gambling now, I think the NFL will figure out a way, as the NBA is attempting to, to have gambling, especially to enhance the um, the in-game experience somehow. I, I absolutely think this is something that's going to happen in all it's, sports. It's something that's going to happen, and I'll tell you why, Rick, is because the reason for so long that all the major sports have fought so hard to keep gambling away from their sport is because they felt like the outcome of the games were going to be compromised in some way, that there was going to be cheating, right. that, that players are going to be in on it. The most famous gambling case in the history of sports is the 1919 White Black Sox, Sox scandal. Yeah. And the whole reason it was is because those guys weren't making any money. And that's, that's, and that's right. and really, you go through the history of sports, anytime the gambling or fixes have been in, it's because the gamblers have been able to pay the athletes more than they can make as uh, competing in their sport. That's changed. There's... Athletes make so much money now that I don't. You, you can't even college what, athletes has a right. <laughs> You can't influence them. <laughs> but it used to be like the, the Black Sox were bought off with like ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, wow. no question, no question. Now you you, you can't. They have you, more to risk by doing it than they right. would ever earn. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, Rick. Like, look, here's here's the bottom: the NHL and the NBA and the, and Major League Baseball and the NFL in particular. They know that. Look, the reason people are watching the NFL is because of fantasy football, because of these uh, daily sports gambling sites, you know, like DraftKings. Sure. And you look at those, and they want it, they they want a piece of the pie. Like, look, if people are going to do this, um, then then uh, then why can't we get in on it? So absolutely, it's going to be uh, it's going to it's going to happen. It's going to happen fairly quickly. All right, last question. We'll actually do some NBA. But uh, Stephen A. Smith says Dan Gilbert wants to sell the Cavs. Uh, LeBron James' contract ends at the end of the year. Will he be in Cleveland next year? Rick, do you think? Uh, LeBron James is not going to be in Cleveland next year. I don't know about Dan Gilbert. And if he does sell the team or if that report is utterly ridiculous, I can't believe the verification processes took for me to have this reputable scoop on my part. But I, I, I think that if he's selling the team, that's that's just more reason why they're not going to make any trades to help them get the push for the playoffs this year. I even think that's why Kyrie Irving left is because he knows, as most people speculate, that this is LeBron's last season in Cleveland. He brought the championship back there. He accomplished what he wanted to. Um, now he's got to join up with one of these other super teams. It's not going to be in Cleveland. 
And so, you know, I, I think that LeBron moves on. People are talking about Houston. People have talked about L.A. in the past. Maybe San Antonio has an outside shot. LeBron James, even though I wouldn't pick the Western Conference if I were him, will not be a Cleveland Cavalier next year. He'll be with the Lakers. I believe he'll end up going to Los Angeles. That's the franchise that he wants to play with. He has a home in Los Angeles. Um, obviously, endorsements. Not that you can't. He's the biggest endorse, uh, endorsement personality As there in is, the NBA yeah. now, and he's in Cleveland. But, uh, but even more opportunities out there in Los Angeles, I would think. Here's the thing, Rick. And let me let, let me ask you sort of sort of a little bit of a twist on this question. When he left Cleveland the last time, people in Cleveland lost their minds because they had never won yeah. a title. Um, he left. He took his talents to South Beach, and it was Cleveland felt insulted. And Dan Gilbert made made the big deal about he would never bring him back, and 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 fans there burned their jerseys. And he mm-hmm. was probably the most hated man in Cleveland since John Elway. And if he were to leave this time, Rick, would there be harsh feelings or? Is it all cool now because, A, he brought him a title, and, B, um, they know that this franchise isn't going anywhere anymore anyway? I don't think it would be as bad, you know, as it was the, the last time. But fans are fans, man. I mean, they you know, they get upset, especially a guy from their neck of the woods there in Akron. So I, I still think there will be a lot of people that may not want to – I don't know if they'll burn LeBron jerseys. They may not wear them very much. They may blame ownership. That could also be a possibility. Um, for not doing more, you know, to to surround them with better players or whatnot, but it, it can't be as. I mean, look that the whole Jim Gray thing, the you know taking my talents and 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 that sort of thing. But the fact that he came back and won the championship, fulfilled his promise that he so eloquently wrote by himself on S- in SI. <laughs> um, the fact that, conf- that, he, that it was confirmed by ESPN, confirmed by ESPN, <laughs> even though SI. Never mind. Um, so I think that. Yeah, I it, it will be it won't be completely forgiven, but much less of an impact than the first time. It'll be completely forgiven. I, I don't. Did, really? No one. Will, yeah, no one. No one's gonna have a problem. Uh, he brought. He did, he did the one thing they they wanted him to do. He brought a championship. Fans. He brought him the championship. He came home. He, he did it right that time. And this time, they would understand. I believe that. Hey, this organization's not going anywhere. He's he's going on. It's best for his family. This and that. He says he wants to play. Did you hear this? He wants to play long enough to play with his son. Who's like in seventh or eighth grade right now? Are we assuming his son is so good that he's going to be in the NBA soon? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's LeBron. <laughs> it's LeBron's kid. I mean, I'd, I'd probably buy stock in it. I'm just saying, like I'm that, that's you. not. I feel for the kid because, you know, Michael Jordan's kids played basketball too. I didn't see them in Chicago. I know, but I'm telling you, this uh, th- there's something about this. Uh, about LeBron James. He's a freak. He's a freak. Okay, so what happens first? The Rays have a new stadium. The Lightning host the Stanley Cup. The Bucks win a playoff game or LeBron plays a game with his son. LeBron plays a game with his son. LeBron plays a game with his son. LeBron's son plays a game with his son. How's that? There you go. That might that might happen first. LeBron's LeBron's son plays with the Tampa Bay Lightning when they win a cup as they're building a stadium over in Tampa. Anyway, so well, we'll have uh, if we'll keep doing the podcast until one until one or the other happens. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to our producer and co-host today, Steve Versnick. Check out the the podcast, uh, Google Play on iTunes, where you, wherever you subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast, and you can also check us out on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Strad and at Tom W Jones. Talk to you next time. It'll be a football Friday as we move ever closer to Super Bowl Fifty Two. Thanks again, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.